So hi guys, welcome back to Suspect. I'm Katie and Hannah is not here this week, so we're gonna skip the whole intro. Um, (laughs) This is a true crime comedy podcast, I'm sure as most of you listening already know, but for those of you who don't, welcome! I advise you to click off this podcast now if you don't think that we're able to mix the two. So I mentioned this week that Hannah's not with us, so I do have a friend of mine who is gracious enough to give up half of her fucking Saturday, <laughs> and I'm so thankful. So you guys, please join me in welcoming Gabby. Hey guys. Welcome, welcome. Super excited to be here. <laughs> um, so Gabby is actually one of my friends who is a little afraid of murder, um, yeah. so it's nice that I, I was able to get her to do this with me today. Yeah, this is out of character for me 100%. Right. Um, So with everything going on in the world, guys, you know Hannah and I had kind of strayed away from the themes, Um, but after speaking with Gabby this week, we decided that we both hate the government, Mm -hmm. and the government has been especially shitty lately, so we're going to pick conspiracy theories to cover today, so we both picked a conspiracy theory case. I'm so excited. Me too. I am so excited that you agreed to this, because... I wasn't going to do a murder case. Do one. Like, fuck the murder case. I survived, yes. Conspiracy, yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, of course I would agree to the conspiracy case. You know, I'm super into conspiracies. I'll listen to any conspiracy. And I am most definitely not an expert on this. I did this on my lunch break, so (laughs) don't fucking come for me if my facts are wrong. Um, Yeah, we're not... We don't have degrees in this. Yeah. Um, we really would like to give a big shout out to Wikipedia. Yes, Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. I was going to say Murderpedia is one of the best, mm-hmm. too. Um, so, yeah, we can go ahead and jump right into our cases today. I think that I'm going to go first today. Gabby, if you're cool with that. Yes. Okay, cool. So, I'm going to tell you about Martin, Martin, fucking <laughs> A, bro, about Martin Luther King today and the conspiracy behind his death um i don't know if you know a lot of details about this case but and i didn't either actually you know this is something that you learn in school but they definitely don't give you all these fucking details when i was looking for a conspiracy theory to do i like scrolled past mlk and i like didn't even realize that there was a conspiracy behind his death yeah i completely it does not surprise me that there is a conspiracy behind his death considering the time frame that he died but yeah i mean there's multiple uh, multiple conspiracies and like what's Mm -hmm. crazy is like i don't even know what to believe it's like i have Mm -hmm. my own theory about Mm -hmm. what i think happened but like there's so much information in this case that really it could be anything but what i will tell you is i don't think that it happened the way they said it did at all (laughs) and really what are the chances that it happened exactly how they said it Exactly. Did? And that goes for anything. Yeah, any case. Yeah. Anything that the government puts out, I'm like, ah, 50-50. Right, right. 50/50. Statistics, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I know, that's funny. Like, even during the Black Lives Matter, um, you know, when all of that mm-hmm. had first started and people were, like, dropping statistics on, like, mm-hmm. black-on-black deaths or, like, white-on-white crime, it was mm-hmm. like, I, I don't believe you, government.gov, no. Yeah. <laughs> well police kill twice as many white people as they do black people and i'm like because there's twice as many white right people right exactly in the united states than black people yeah so, so your fucking statistic doesn't mean <laughs> shit to me you can shove it up your ass. black life is more than a statistic fucker at the end of the day it doesn't matter it's like coronavirus it's like oh well, they had an underlying condition so their death doesn't count yeah yeah like so it doesn't that, matter yeah that's what i'm saying it's just so 
that's a whole nother tangent right that's a whole nother episode for 2020 (laughs) yeah um so i'll go ahead and jump right into it and the way i'm going to cover this case is i'm going to tell you about how they reported the murder that happened Mm -hmm. and then i'll dive into all the other information okay so great (sighs) deep breath (laughs) Um, so Martin Luther King, he was an American, um, civil rights leader and he was fatally shot at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee on April 4th, 1968. He was a prominent leader of the civil rights movement and he was a Nobel Peace Prize winner, which I actually Mm. didn't know that Mm -mm. beforehand. Um, I didn't know that either. And he won that for his use of nonviolence and civil disobedience. The king of peaceful protesting. I know, my king. And it's, like, so crazy because researching this case, like I was telling you before we started recording, like, I was so emotional Mm because I was, like, they don't teach you any of this. Like, and this is history. Like, I know. um, So, I know. So, as early as the 19, as early as the mid-1950s, King had actually received death threats because of his prominence in the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. He had confronted the risks of death. Uh, he, if you mess up, by the way, just Oh, start. we're drinking? Yeah. Yeah. We have um, some alcohol today, yeah. friends. So if we stumble over our Yeah, words. right. And if you do mess up, just start your sentence over and I'll cut it out. Okay, great. Um, so he had confronted the risks of death, including a nearly fatal stabbing in 1958, and made its recognition part of his philosophy. He taught that murder could not stop the struggle for equal rights. And after the assassination of President Kennedy in 1963, King told his wife, Coretta Scott King, this is what is going to happen to me also. I keep telling you that this is a sick society. Stop it. Yep. Yeah, oh which already God. I have goosebumps. That's the first paragraph. Like, <laughs> Jarring. Right. <laughs> that. So uh, was Kennedy like four Equal rights, a hundred percent. Really? Yeah, he was. That's de- another. Like, he was a Democrat. Conspiracy theory uh-huh. that I would definitely like to know more about. Yeah, and they actually talk about it a lot in this um, Wikipedia article. How they were kind of close to that family, and how the family really was for equal rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, like I'll tell you more about it, but Kennedy's brother Robert Kennedy mm-hmm. makes a huge speech that goes down as one of the greatest speeches in American history about Martin Luther King amazing yeah it's incredible i'll definitely have to do jfk assassination on the episode because that definitely didn't happen the way they said it either (laughs) and the fact that you can see that yeah and like yeah and it's crazy because all these conspiracy theories like about all these people that have been murdered are like public record and just nobody listens they're just like oh this is what the government said happened right so okay why would they lie right right they're gonna tell us the truth always because they are always honest they're our government area 51 they've been honest about right aliens no way no way roger from american dad get out of (laughs) here honestly more scary to me thinking that we are the only life form yeah to exist that's scarier to me than aliens yeah no i completely agree it's terrifying thinking we're the only existence like no that's insane memphis king traveled to memphis tennessee in support of striking african-american city sanitation workers the workers had staged a walkout on february 11th 1968 to protest unequal wages and working conditions imposed by mayor henry loeb and i probably didn't say that right but i don't care Mm because the mayor's an asshole yeah, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. So at this time, the 
Um, at this time, Memphis paid black workers significantly lower wages than it did white workers. Big surprise there. Right. Shocking. America. There were no city-issued uniforms, no restrooms, no recognized union, and no grievance procedure for the numerous occasions on which they were underpaid. During Loeb's tenure as mayor, conditions did not significantly improve in the gruesome February 1968 death of two workers in a garbage compacting truck turned mounting tensions into a strike. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's like here again, me and Gabby were talking about this before we were recording, but like history is just repeating itself. Like Mm -hmm. these workers aren't being treated equally as Mm -hmm. the white workers. And we still see that today in 2020 where, you know, black citizens have a harder time finding and keeping jobs than we as white people do. Mm -hmm. And it's awful. I mean, Mm -hmm. we can apply for a job and hear something back within two days and they apply, apply, apply and never even get emailed back. Right, exactly. Or you go in, and in some cases, you're black, you get called for an interview, you sit down in the waiting room, and there's two other white people Mm -hmm. interviewing for the same position. As a black person, obviously, I cannot relate because I'm not black, but if I were a black person, that thought would be going through my head, like, okay... Yet again, I have a disadvantage here because I'm black. Exactly. Like, why am I even here if these other two people are here? No, I mean, it's awful. Like, it's literally, it breaks my heart. It's crazy. Um, So, on March 28th, 1968, King participates in a massive march, which ends in violence. On April 3rd, King returns to Memphis to attempt a successful new march later that week. His airline flight to Memphis was delayed that day by a bomb threat. But he arrives in time to make a planned speech to a gathering at the Mason Temple, which is the world headquarters of the Church of Christ. Oh, my God. Wait, his flight was delayed because a bomb, bomb threat? Because yep. they knew he was on the flight? because yep, they knew he was going to be trying to fly <sighs> back into Memphis. Yeah. I could not imagine being his wife. I know. Like, constant terror. Like, yeah. his children. Oh. And I, I think I remember hearing that the KKK would, like, try to like light his house on fire mm-hmm. or and, like start fires in his yard and like threaten to kill his family like yeah and you'll hear more about it as i get it more into it but the fbi fucked with him constantly oh. constantly yeah Dude, you're, gonna, get me you're gonna be mad yeah you're gonna be mad so at the mason temple king delivers his famous i've been to the mountaintop speech and in the speech he recalls the 1958 attempted assassination noting that the doctor who had treated him said that the knife that was used to stab him was so close to his aorta that any sudden movement, even a sneeze, could have killed him. He referred to a letter written by a young girl who told him that she was happy he had not sneezed, and he used that to reference to say, I too am happy that I didn't sneeze, because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1960, when students all over the South started sitting in at lunch counters. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around in 1961 when we decided to take a ride for freedom and end segregation in the interstate travel. (laughs) Yeah. So nuts. Beep, beep, beep. That's my watch. (laughs) It's going to go off every hour. Beep, beep, beep. It's going to keep us on time. (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't figured out how to do it off. (laughs) So on April 4th, one day after delivering his I've Been to the Mountaintop speech, King was assassinated on the balcony outside of room 306 at the Lorraine Motel. According to Reverend Samuel Kyles, who was standing several feet away, King was leaning over the balcony railing in front of room 306 and was speaking with Reverend Jesse Jackson, 
when the shot rang out. King was struck in the face at 6.01 p.m. by a single 30 caliber bullet fired from a Remington model 760 rifle. The bullet entered through King's right cheek, breaking his jaw and several vertebrae as it traveled down his spinal cord, <gasps> severing his jugular vein and major arteries in the process before lodging in his shoulder. The force of the shot ripped King's necktie off. He fell backwards onto the balcony unconscious. So King was rushed to St. Joseph's Hospital where the doctors opened his chest and they performed CPR. He never regains consciousness and he dies at 7.05 p.m. According to Branch, King's autopsy revealed that his heart was in the con- Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a paper towel? Yes. Pause one second. I spilled my drink. That's okay. <gasps> I know. I told Brandon when we moved in here, I'm like, if there is one thing I cannot do right as an adult, it's not... Like, it's not not spilling on the carpet. Yes. I can't I do it. Yeah. If I drink anything colored, I won't bring it on the carpet because I know I'm going to fucking spill it. Something's going to spill. Right. Something it adds somewhere. character. Right. Yeah. Just little red spots. You guys should just do, like, cheetah prints and, like, red you know, wine. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea. Oh, That's so fucking good, bro. <laughs> I know. Um, so, according to Branch, King's autopsy revealed that his heart was in the condition of a 60-year-old man rather than that of a 39-year-old, which Branch attributed to the stress of King's 13 years in the civil rights movement. Absolutely. So, it's kind of like what we were talking about with Obama earlier, how mm-hmm. he looked completely different by the time he got out of the White House. Mm-hmm. Same concept here. Yeah. <clears throat> so... I'm going to tell you a little bit about the public reaction of his death. Um, obviously, you know, this is very traumatizing to the black community. Mm-hmm. Robert F. Kennedy, I was telling you, this is the speech that he makes. He makes a famous speech in front of a predominantly black neighborhood. So he actually finds out about this speech as he's on, or not the speech, he finds out about the assassination as he's on the way to Indianapolis to mm-hmm. make this speech to a predominantly black neighborhood. Oh my god! He lands there finds out about this and basically everyone's advising him like you're a white man like we don't advise you to break nobody knew yet they were like we don't advise you to break this news to this neighborhood and it's not like they had twitter or like right this is 1968 right so they're basically telling robert f kennedy like hey this is not your place like Mm -hmm. we can't help you if these people are pissed off at you which yeah i mean they're gonna be pissed off right period so the chief of police himself warns Robert F. Kennedy that he can't protect him, and it probably isn't the best idea to address King's assassination in front of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Robert F. Kennedy does it anyway. Oh. <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy is a fucking G, okay? Um, so for four minutes and 57 seconds on the back of a flatbed truck, he delivers his speech in front of this predominantly black neighborhood. He was the first to tell the audience that Martin Luther King had died, and some screamed and wailed in grief when he announced it. I have goosebumps. I know, me too, right? Um, So when the audience finally quieted down, Kennedy acknowledged that many of them would be filled with anger. And he said, for those of you who are black and tempted to be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people, I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. These remarks shocked everybody because he had never publicly spoken about JFK's death. Really? Mm -hmm. And this is considered one of the greatest speeches in American history. And you guys can look this up and find all the information on this speech, but I kind of had to just cut down to the most important facts. 
Um, but yeah, that's incredible, right? That <laughs> is incredible. It makes me want to cry. I know. Yeah, I know. That was me preparing this case. I was like, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so President Lyndon B. Johnson was in the Oval Office, uh, was in the Oval Office that evening, and he was planning a meeting in Hawaii. Um, with the Vietnam War military commanders. Mm -hmm. After the press secretary had informed him at 8.20 about the assassination, he canceled the whole trip to focus on the country. I have always been curious about... I cannot even tell you. I'm not really good with American history, Mm -hmm. and it kind of is unfortunate. Yeah. But I've always been curious about the president at that time, what their stance was Um, while MLK was obviously leading this giant movement yeah yeah and well president lyndon b johnson was 100 percent like mm-hmm. on their side you know right. what i'm saying like he was for equal rights he 100 percent believed in like the mm-hmm. movement that they were doing so it's like really kind of incredible because mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying it's kind of like the same situation that we're in now even though our president is a fucking dumbass yeah <laughs> i almost i wonder how helpless Johnson felt because there's only so much he could do right, as right. the face of America. Exactly. Obviously, it were it was the chain below him that kind of handled yeah. all of that. I just can't imagine feeling so helpless. Yeah, and then like not only that, but like your government making you look your whole fucking government mm-hmm. look bad. That's you know, what I'm like, saying. You're the face of yeah, you're the yeah. face of the government. You look fucking terrible. Like yeah. So um, he cancels his trip and he assigned eternal eternal attorney. General mm-hmm. Ramsey Clark to investigate the assassination in Memphis. He made a personal call to King's wife, Coretta, mm-hmm. and he declared April 7th a national day of mourning on which the U.S. flag would be flown at half staff. Wow. Yeah, incredible. So, colleagues of King in the civil rights movement called for a nonviolent response to the assassination to try and honor his beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite the urging for calm, a nationwide wave of riots erupted in more than 100 cities Mm. after the assassination the city of memphis quickly settled the strike on favorable terms to the sanitation workers Mm. good for you guys because you would have gotten fucked up like yeah yeah. they're like they're gonna fuck us up fucking familiar yeah right like the riots this year like we start doing shit and then people get arrested oh don't get me started people get arrested people get killed right right So, on April 8th, King's widow, Coretta, and her four young children led a crowd estimated at 40,000 in a silent march through the streets of Memphis to honor Dr. King and support the cause of the city's black sanitation workers. Dude. 40,000 people? 40, I know! Um, So, the next day, the funeral services were held in King's hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. The service at Ebenezer Baptist Church was nationally televised as were some other events. Um, a funeral procession transported King's body for three and a half miles through the, through the streets of Atlanta, followed by more than 100,000 mourners from the church to his alma mater. Alma mater? How do you say that? Alma mater? Alma mater? Yeah, I think alma it's because I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> or tipsy. Yeah. Morehouse I College. I think it's alma mater. Alma mater? Alma mater? <laughs> alma mater? Like tub mater, but without the tub. <laughs> Um, and then a second service was held there at his college before the burial. Where did he go to college? Morehouse College. Interesting. Yep, in Georgia. Mm. Georgia, baby. Georgia. Fuck Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. If you're listening and you're from Georgia. We love Georgia. Yeah, we love Georgia. <laughs> Woo. Been there plenty of times. Go dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the FBI was assigned to lead to investigate into King's death. J. Edgar Hoover, who had previously made efforts to undermine King's reputation, told President Johnson that his agency would attempt to find the culprits. I'm sure you fucking yeah. will, Hoover. Oh my god, he is probably fucking... He's terrible. Over the moon. Right. He's just so into this investigation right. over this black man, he can mm-hmm. fucking hardly contain himself. so many documents related to the investigation actually remain classified to remain secret until 2027 and what right i had no idea about that i was like huh you slick little asshole 2027 what's that seven Seven years years. yeah what date in 2027 government forget yeah (laughs) i'm gonna remember (laughs) motherfucker 2027 (laughs) release the documents 2027 release date right let's go go. um in 2010 as in earlier years some had argued for passage of a proposed records collection act Mm -hmm. similar to a 1992 law concerning the kennedy assassination Mm -hmm. to require the immediate release of the records but it did not pass what Mm -hmm. i talk a little bit about that this is what's fucked up and like I will touch on this when I do my conspiracy theory, but that is just nuts that that wasn't passed. Yeah. Like, why are you guys holding on to the records? What are you hiding? Exactly. If there's nothing to hide, then you should have no fucking problem releasing the records. And that's the same concept with, like, any video footage and any murder. What the fuck are you hiding? Release the footage. Like, (laughs) come on. You wear a body cam for a reason. Right, right. It has to be on for a reason. If you turn right. it off, why is it off? What's the fucking point of having one? They should be charged if they turn their fucking body cams off. 100%. Oh. Like, oh, come yeah. on. If that, should be, that should have been a law. Yeah. So the FBI investigation found fingerprints on various objects left in the bathroom from which the gunfire had come. Evidence including um, a Remington Game Master rifle from which at least one shot had been fired. The fingerprints were traced to an escaped convict named James Earl Ray. Two months after assassinating King, Ray was captured at Lungings. Yeah, I almost said Lungins. Was captured at London's Heathrow Airport while he was trying to deport to the United Kingdom Mm -hmm. for Rhodesia or South Africa on a false Canadian passport in the name of. Raymond Raymond George Sneed. Ray was quickly extradited to Tennessee and charged with King's murder. Interesting. I don't even think this is embarrassing, but I don't even think I knew who killed King. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, they try to put it on someone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we'll get more into it, guys. But it's like, how did he get that fake passport? Because you and I right now can't go get a fake passport. And how did he escape? Because you said he was... Like, he was, like, a... Did you say he was an ex-convict? Yeah. Or he was? He was an ex-convict. Oh, okay. Like, he... So, he had already been released. Oh. So, but my other question is, if you already had the fingerprints, two months? hmm You didn't find him for two months. And then, at that right. point, he had a fake name on a passport. How did he get that fake name? Because he was right. a broke boy. Right. And um, they don't have the dark web in 68. Right. So, so <laughs> who was your connection? Because it wasn't you. Yeah. It was not you. So Ray confesses to the assassination on March 10th, 1969. On the advice of his attorney, Pensy Foreman, Ray takes a guilty plea to avoid a conviction and potential death penalty. He was sentenced to a 99-year prison term, but he recants his confession three days later. 
Ray fires Foreman and claimed that a man who he had met in uh, Montreal by the alias of Raul was involved, as was Ray's brother Johnny, but that Ray himself was not. He said through his new attorney, Jack Kershaw, that although he did not personally shoot King, he may have been partially responsible without knowing it. Hmm. Hinting at a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. In May 1977, Kershaw presented evidence to the House Select Committee on Assassinations that he believed exonerated his client, but tests did not prove conclusive. Kershaw also claimed that Ray was somewhere else when the shots were fired, but could not find a witness to corroborate the claim. Of course not. Right. Of course not. Ray and seven other convicts escaped from Bushy Mountain State Penitentiary in Petros, Tennessee on June 10th, 1977. Oh, so he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> they were recaptured yeah. on June 13th and returned to prison. A year was added to Ray's sentence. <laughs> A little slap on right. the wrist. Right, here you go. One hundred year. years. You escaped. <laughs> boop, boop. Yeah. You're already in here for 99. You're not going to make it that long. Ray works for the remainder of his life unsuccessfully attempting to withdraw his guilty plea and secure a full trial. Oh, God. In 1997, whoop, whoop, 97 babies, rise up. Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's so crazy, like, reading some of these cases, and you're like, damn, I probably wasn't born yet, and mm-hmm. this is, like, all going on. I know. I know. Like, imagine being, like, my stepmom or my dad and, like, watching... Like, oh, God, what was his name? He killed his wife, football player, Robert Kardashian. O.J. Simpson. Oh, O.J. Simpson, yeah. Imagine watching that. Yeah. And watching, like, his high-speed chase just in real time. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but, like, probably watching him as a fucking football player. Yeah. And then seeing this happen, you're just like... What the hell? That'd be the same concept of, like, Cam Newton right now for us. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, Cam? Like, come on, son. What was that guy's name? Aaron Hernandez. Yes, Aaron Hernandez. Crazy. That didn't go down the way they said it did either, but, you know. (laughs) Shocking. So many conspiracies. So little time. I know. (laughs) Seriously. I could devote my whole life to this. I know, bro. I could literally fucking, (laughs) like, literally just sit at home and watch this on YouTube all day. Mm -hmm. In 1997, King's son, Dexter, meets with Ray, and he publicly supports Ray's effort to obtain a retrial. William Francis Pepper, who was a close friend of Dr. King, remained Ray's attorney until Ray's death. He carried on the effort to gain a trial on behalf of the King family, who does not believe Ray was responsible, claiming that there was conspiracy by elements of the government against King. Was Ray black? Nope, white. He was white. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fall guy. White, mm. white fall guy. Ray dies in prison on April 23rd, 1998, at the age of 70 from kidney and liver failure caused by hepatitis C, which was probably... Con- um, which was probably contracted as a result of a blood transfusion that he was given after he got stabbed at the penitentiary. Oh, shit. He got, he got shanked up. Yeah. He yeah. pulled He's an like, extra needle. Oh, you killed him? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Terrible. So I mentioned earlier that, you know, actually just a second ago, not even earlier, that, you know, King's family did not think that Earl was responsible. Yeah. So now we're going to dive into some of the... Conspiracies? Yes. Oh, shit. I need another drink. Right. Oh, yeah. I need one, too. Pause. Okay. <laughs> what flavor do you want? Um, actually, I don't really care. Surprise me. Okay. Strawberry. This kind of smells like the puffs I give the babies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I fucking love those. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. I literally give them to them all the time. I'm like, here you go. Take them. Take them. Feed yourself. <laughs> Feed yourself. Oh, God. I forgot about the puffs. I do. 
I see them every day. I see them every day. Yeah. You eat, sleep, breathe. Puffs. Puffs. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Um, <clears throat> so there were multiple people that did not think that James Earl Ray was responsible, but they didn't really have the facts to back up what they were trying to represent. Mm-hmm. So like William F. Pepper, the guy that I said that was um, James Earl Ray's lawyer, mm-hmm. who had been a friend of King and spent much of his life, like I mentioned, fighting for Ray's release. In 1997, Pepper appears on ABC's Turning Point. Mm-hmm. He discusses the theory from his order or from his book, Orders to Kill, the truth behind the murder of Martin Luther King Jr. This theory held that a, this theory held that a hit team from the 20th Special Forces Group was to kill King if a police sharpshooter failed. This group was supposedly led by a man named Billy Idison, who Pepper claimed had been killed since in a cover-up. Idison was then brought on camera and refused to shake Pepper's hand. Idison brought a $15 million lawsuit against Pepper's publisher, which was later settled for an undisclosed amount. Whoa. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, this isn't really a crazy theory to say, like, it was a hit team. It's not at all. No, not at all. You didn't have the facts. Like, you accused... Mm-hmm. A man that was alive, very much alive, <laughs> yeah, being dead. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just a picture like him standing there, like talking about his book, and then like how this Idison guy did it, and how he got killed, and then Idison just like comes up and like looks at him, and he's, he's like, like, motherfucker, like, like see him like in the back, just like right, <laughs> almost like a meme, like in the back of the camera, yeah. like this, yes. Oh, um, so listen to this. Oh my god. The FBI's original tests on the bullet that killed King and the 30 caliber bullet hunting rifle were inconclusive. In 1997, tests were run comparing 12 bullets from the alleged murder rifle and the bullet that killed MLK. Ballistics expert Robert Hathaway testified that the killing bullet lacked reference points found on the fired <gasps> test bullets. The unique barrel markings could not be found on the killing bullet crazy right and you don't find this on every article that you read it's only specific ones dude i've never i have never even heard of this Mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that in 97 like almost 30 years after he died that they're still investigating investigating that's crazy yep because something in the water ain't clean yes um, King had long found enemies among the nation's top body of law enforcement. The FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, the director of the, uh, um, the director of the FBI actually pronounced him as the most notorious liar in the country. <laughs> Fucking FBI, bro. <sighs> They're probably listening to this right now. Right. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, King had been under FBI surveillance since the month. Montgomery bus boycott in 1956. Mm-hmm. So this is like 12 years before he dies that mm-hmm. he's been under surveillance. Of course. Like, I mean, the shockwaves that he sent through the right. nation as a shitty racist FBI agent. You're personnel, livid. Yeah, you're livid. Of course you're going to watch him. Um, they begin wire tapping his phones in 1963, and King expresses his anger towards the FBI in 1964, declaring that it was completely ineffectual in resolving the continued mayhem and brutality inflicted upon black people in the Deep South. Mm-hmm. Facts, King. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, dude. Like, you guys, this makes me so mad because it's the same concept in 2020. You guys mm-hmm. are spending so much time 
worried about other shit and other people when the problems mm-hmm. are right in front of you. Like, stop. Just stop That's and look. That's what I'm saying. And how can you have any argument for putting up such a fight yeah. to just give a community basic rights? Literally. Like, what argument do you have in right. not giving them their rights? They're what asking is it? for equality. They're not asking right. for you to treat us better. We just want to be treated the same. Right. Like, come on. That That's what is so crazy. Like, how what is your motivating factor in being so against equality? Right. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand it either. What is your problem with the black people? What Mm -hmm. is the problem? Because the only, Mm -hmm. the only fucking difference is their skin is darker than yours. Mm -hmm. So it really fucking baffles my mind. That's what it is. And the only problem is you. Yeah. The only problem are the racist white people. Right. You have anger towards a minority and other colors of people. You're the fucking problem. That's, like, nobody else is, buddy. Uh, <sighs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You ever feel like you burp and you lose 10 pounds? Yes! I felt like I just lost my whole bloated area right here. <laughs> oh, I love that. So the FBI had tried to paint King as a communist. And in 1962, Hoover told the attorney general robert f kennedy that king was a secret member of the communist party which led kennedy to approve the wiretaps on his phone as late as three weeks before king's killing internal fbi documents attacked king for his wholehearted communism after he died you're still trying to paint him as a communist come on yeah what the fuck again what's your fucking motivation at this point the man's dead right 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 leave him the fuck alone like (laughs) Let him rest. I know. You guys already took him out. Like, might as well just leave him be. Like, Like, come on. He's scoffing from heaven. He's like, really? Right. He's spitting on y'all down from heaven. Fuck y'all. So the FBI had long attempted to discredit King's personal life. In a memo, memo, Hoover said that King was a tomcat with obsessive degenerate sexual urges. On one occasion, the FBI mails alleged sex tapes of king's adultery and a letter to coretta scott king what yes bro i had no fucking idea about this no fucking idea and this is after he's dead no this is when he's oh. still alive he's oh still alive God. but they're just saying like this the fbi has already been fucking with him for yeah a long he's time. just trying to paint him as some fraud right creepy like ass a black sexual man. communist yeah. yeah exactly a sexual communist. <laughs> literally <laughs> that's what Fuck yeah. Yeah. i love that a perverted <laughs> communist <laughs> um so yeah they mail his fucking wife bro sex tapes alleging that he was cheating on her um in an attempt to destroy their marriage right but coretta later remarked I couldn't make much out of it. It was just a lot of mumbo jumbo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking queen. Yeah. The letter accused King of being sexually psychotic and a colossal fraud. (sighs) And then the letter also warned King, your end is approaching and that he was done. Mm. Okay, FBI. That's not incriminating. Right, right. That's not suspicious at all. Earl definitely did it, huh? (sighs) Upset over King's March, the city of Memphis um, had filed a formal complaint against King and the SCLC. When King had returned to Memphis on April 3rd, 1968, he was put under surveillance by the MPD. Mm. He was followed at the airport by two black plainclothes cops, Mm -hmm. one of which was Detective Edward E. Brennan. Okay, so hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So this is days before he died, right? Right, so we're talking about... And you are trying to tell me that you had an entire police force 
watch him mm-hmm. and it took you two months to track down a suspect exactly yeah what the fuck right exactly no, no i'm with you i'm no. with you and none of it makes sense Mm-mm. so um when they had when he had returned to memphis and they had people watching him they also weirdly assigned four police officers to protect him so you're having oh. people watch him but then you also have four people protecting him right Hmm. So King's entourage tells the police, we didn't request your help at all. Like, we we don't want these guys at all. Mm -hmm. And the police ask King where he's staying, and Reverend James Lonson replies, we haven't made up our minds. The police still followed King to the Lorraine Motel. The police protection remained near King until they were called back to the police station at 5.05, which is an hour before he gets shot. Allegedly called oh, back to right, the police right. station. So listen to mm-hmm. this. One of the four men, Inspector Tynes, later stated that this callback was not planned and that he did not know why it had happened. The MPD Chief McDonald later claimed to have no memory of the police protection. At the nearby fire station, the two black detectives continued their surveillance of King. Shortly after midday, Detective Reddit received a threatening phone call from a woman telling him that he was doing the black people wrong. Reddit and his associate were then told to return to the police station. Reddit was told that the threats had been made on his life and that his family must stay at a local motel under an assumed name. As a police car arrived on the radio, he heard of King's assassination. Mm. Within the next few days, Reddit heard no more about the alleged threats. Mm -hmm. Two black firemen there were also given the day off. According to this, the FBI, according to the FBI, this station had an excellent vantage point of the Lorraine Motel. So the FBI is basically trying to say MPD might have had some right. part of this, you know. Mm-hmm. So the MPD also inf- infiltrated the Invaders, a local black militant group which often provided protection for King. The single informant began surveilling in February 1968, just two months before King's assassination. Mm -hmm. The informant was present in the motel courtyard when King was assassinated. Besides its own infiltration, the NPD itself was infiltrated by the FBI. The FBI had paid five informants within the Memphis Police Department. Paid them? Yep. To be in there and pretend like they were police officers. but the reverend, I want to know more about him. Which one? What? Who was next to King when he got shot? So there were a couple people, um, and mm-hmm. I didn't add all of that in here, but so two, there was like two reverends next to him. Reverend Jesse Jackson was mm-hmm. down below him. Oh, below him. Yeah, below okay. him. And then um, he was, King was actually standing next to a musician that was supposed to be playing music for them that night, and his last words to him were telling him to play a specific song really loud and pretty, and then right after that, he was shot. Holy and when he fell fuck. backwards, people were like ran to him, basically. So this shot was fired almost like a like a sniper type of yep. shot. Like mm-hmm. you, you didn't see the shooter. These these witnesses didn't right. see who shot him. They did not see the shooter. They said that it was coming from across the. So the Lorraine Motel is right here Mm -hmm. and then across the street was like a boarding house basically Mm -hmm. and they were saying that the shot came from over there somewhere and james earl ray just happened to be staying in the boarding house that week so that is why people think they use him as a fall guy Mm because he was there Mm -hmm. but um 
they have to have some good ass fucking trained aim. Yes. I feel like to shoot from well, across. And that's the, street, the whole basically. point. Is like you know, you're, we're talking about an average guy. So we're talking about somebody like my brother. Okay. Right. So imagine my up, David? fucking hey David. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you listen to this, but hey. But imagine my brother being all the way over there trying to shoot into your apartment window right now. Mm-hmm. You know what that reminds that? me of? What? The Vegas shooting. Oh, or the Boston remember? Marathon? Or the, any conspir- of that? Yeah. the conspiracy oh, yeah, yeah. behind the Vegas shooting yep. where there's like, there's no way that this like average ass man could carry out a terrorist attack like yes. that. Yes. Like there's no fucking way. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but even in the Vegas shootings, if you go back and look at the videos, you can hear multiple shooters in the and Vegas. The, and the cops are saying multiple yeah. shooters. Yeah, so... There's just no way, like, I right now am not going to go shoot somebody unless they're fucking within 15 feet of me and make it. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to happen. I'm -hmm. I'm a little white girl, and this is a fucking little white boy, so it's it's stupid. It could be sloppy. Yeah, exactly. So the information was – oh, I already read that. Um, so in December 1993, Lloyd Jowers, who was a white man from Memphis with business interest in the vicinity of the assassination site, he appears on ABC's Primetime Live. He'd gained attention by claiming that he had conspired with the mafia and the federal government to kill King. According to Jowers, Ray was a scapegoat and was not directly Mm -hmm. involved in the shooting. Mm -hmm. Jowers claimed that he had hired someone to kill King as a favor for a friend in the mafia, Frank Liberto, who was a uh, a produce merchant who died before 1993. Mm -hmm. So in 1997, I had already mentioned this, King's son had met with Ray and he asked him straight up. He said, I just want to ask you for the record, um, did you kill my father? Yeah. And Ray replies, no, no, I didn't. And King told Ray that he, along with the King family, believed him. And the King family urged that Ray be granted a new trial. Mm-hmm. So literally everybody close to Dr. King, his family, his oh, friends, well, his co-workers, none of them believed well, that. Well, I mean, imagine being close to King and knowing the FBI is tapping your phone, sending right. these fake sex tapes. Right. Like you have the KKK coming after you. You have all of these very prevalent groups yeah big groups governments after you and you are out of all of that you're gonna believe some random ass white man yeah exactly some random ass white man that was an ex-convict didn't have first of all first of all you're an ex-convict you're a broke boy Mm -hmm. how the fuck did you get a rifle how the fuck did you? I can't go buy a rifle right now. That's what I'm and saying. And I have a job. And That's I'm not so an ex convict. Like, <laughs> I'm just also curious about the passport thing. Like, how, how do you pull that off you in don't. the 60s? You don't. You don't do that without yourself. government assistance. Exactly. So, let me scroll back up here. Yeah. Okay. So, in 1999, the King family files a wrongful death lawsuit against Jowers for the sum of $10 million. During closing arguments, the King's attorney asked the jury to award damages of only $100 to make the point it wasn't about the money for them at all. No. They didn't give a fuck about the money. Yeah. During the trial, both sides presented evidence alleging a government conspiracy. The accused government agencies could not defend themselves or respond because they were not named as defendants. Based on the evidence, the jury concluded that the Jowers... And others were part of a conspiracy to kill King and awarded the family the $100. The allegations and the finding of the Memphis jury were later rejected by the United States Department of Justice in 2000 because of lack of evidence. Mm. uh, Investigators from the FBI concluded that Ray was the sole assassin. 
but then the House, the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations was established in 1976 to investigate the assassinations of JFK and MLK. Mm -hmm. In 1979, their final report stated that after examining Ray's behavior, his character, and his racial attitudes, the committee found that it could not concur with any of the accepted explanations for Ray as a lone assassin. Mm -hmm. The predominant motive lay in an expectation of monetary gain, and that the committee concluded that there was a likelihood of conspiracy in the assassination. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the FBI was just so sloppy with this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They didn't care, because here's the thing. They knew. They already knew. They yeah. knew that it wasn't James Earl Ray, so at this right. point, they're like... Well, what story can we give them? Right. Who else can we pin it Right. On? Who can we tell them did it that they're going to believe kind of thing? Yeah. Because, I mean, come on. That's just sloppy. It's so sloppy. It's sloppy, it's unprofessional, and you don't mm -hmm. give a shit about this black man's life is what it is. Yeah. Like, come on. Absolutely. You don't give enough of a shit to even put together, like, a paid hitman. Right. Come on. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Literally. So, they asserted that it was most likely a conspiracy by southern white supremacist groups and that Ray was only acting due to a bounty on King's head. They also noted that no federal, state, or local government agency was involved in the assassination of Dr. King. Mm. The HSCA's chief counsel, Robert, I almost said Roberta, Robert Blakely <laughs> stated that if the CIA or FBA, FBA, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> stated that if the CIA or FBI had been involved, all incriminating documents were likely destroyed long before 1979. Oh, absolutely. They got rid of that. I mean, absolutely. Um, and then this is what I'm going to end you with. Oh my According God. to biographer Taylor Branch, who was King's friend and colleague, James Bevel put it more bluntly. There is no way a 10-cent white boy could develop a plan to kill a million-dollar black man. And it's oh, absolutely true. Dude, that is fucking crazy. Isn't it That's wild? so crazy. So it's like, for me, I obviously, like, I don't believe that James Earl Ray did that at all. I think that this was 100% a hit, and it was mm -hmm. a sloppy hit. A very sloppy and hit. And they were 100% scrambling to try and give whatever story to cover it up, but... Mm -hmm. Guys, there's a lot more information that you can find on this, of course, but I just wanted to give you all the f straight facts that I could, but in my opinion... There's no way. There's no fucking there, way. There's seriously a greater chance that it was a conspiracy. Yeah. And, and I just... God, like, that poor man died in prison. Yeah. For something that for he something did he not do. For something he never did, and he knew he didn't do it. And it's like that, that quote at the end... That, it just sums it up perfectly. There's no way a 10-cent white boy could develop a plan to kill a million-dollar black man. Mm -hmm. That's 100% true. Where did you get the gun? Where did you get the passport? Mm -hmm. Where did you get the information that he was even going to be right there? Because it wasn't you. That's literally like You me. can't do that. That's yeah. like a hick from Middleburg. Literally. Killing President Obama. Right, right. That's not going to happen. That's like me right now saying, okay, I'm going to fucking kill... I need to be careful what I say. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill somebody, and I'm yeah. going to go do it right now on the drop of a dime with no fucking, like, no plan. No. Come on. like. And that's the thing. I just want to know how much they really investigated into this man because it's like, is there any evidence that this man was following King, that, like, he knew he was going to be there, that he knew he was going to be on the balcony of right. this hotel at this time? 
like was any of that investigated because it sounds like this man was just wrong place wrong time right no and that's exactly what it was because the only other information you find on this is like you see that ray had checked into that boarding room across the street earlier in the week mm-hmm. and that's it and then somebody after the shooting said that they had seen somebody there was like this brush area like with like bushes between mm-hmm. like the two spaces they saw somebody running from there mm-hmm. and they're saying that James shot this from his room, but you saw somebody running from the bushes. And not only that, but the MPD removes those bushes the next day after the shooting. Stop it. So was it somebody that you guys knew or were you removing them for evidence? Because we never heard more about the bushes. (laughs) My theory on this is that it was 100% the FBI. And because the FBI was tapping his phone, they were following King. They knew exactly where Where he he was. was at all times. They collabed with the NPD mm-hmm. to kind of Set put this together up. this shit-ass plan. Yep, I completely agree. And, I mean, wow. it's it's fucking awful. Like, and it's just so crazy because you don't know any of this. Like, no. they, don't, they don't tell you this. They tell you he was assassinated by this guy and this is what happened and this is the story you need to believe. And it's like, but no. Like, the fucking bullets didn't even match from the gun that fired... And the gun that killed him. So it's like, what What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, no. Absolutely so, not. And that's what's so sad. I seriously, at 22 years old, in 2020, had no idea that there was even a conspiracy behind his death. Yeah. That's how, like, under wraps yeah. maybe it is. Or not talked about or dismissed. Yeah. They keep it on a hush-hush for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. And that is the assassination of MLK. You guys are definitely, like I said, able to find more information like this on Wikipedia. Reddit has a lot of interesting theories and Murderpedia mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I definitely encourage you to look into this because God. it's definitely not the way they said it happened. Like Absolutely 100%. Not. So That's fascinating. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Super crazy. That's insane. I know, bro. I had to turn the AC on after that. I know. I'm sweating too. Yeah. <laughs> I had to turn the AC on after that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mm. I got me fired up. I know, bro. It's crazy. I want to do the JFK one too because it, I, I know. JFK is also fascinating. Yeah. I think anything that's been caught on camera is fascinating. Yeah, to me. me too. And, you know, the Kennedy family is a little close to my heart because, you know, I'm a Kennedy. (laughs) I might be related to them way, way, way down the line. Probably not because I'm broke. (laughs) Woo! Some good stuff. I know, bro. I know. It's so interesting to dive into these and, like, actually, like, find information on it yourself and not just Mm -hmm. fucking take it for face value Mm -hmm. like everybody else tries to give you. That's what I'm saying. But you do have to be careful with conspiracy theories because like don't come at me with no fucking flat earth shit i'm not gonna listen to it right Right. i don't want to hear any crazy shit i want stuff that i'm like okay like this actually might be right like 100 percent. what have you got for us today gabby oh man (laughs) since we're on this anti-government wave yeah okay i decided I was kind of, I definitely wanted to do a conspiracy because I am very skeptical. I like to have a conspiracy with a lot of facts. Yeah. Um, and obviously I wanted to do one that was more targeted towards the government. Yeah. Because, you know. Because fuck the government. Why not? Fuck y'all. Right. 
So I decided to do um, MK Ultra. Oh, I love MK Ultra. I mean, I, I don't, know. you know, but <laughs> you know what I mean. And I really don't know too much about conspiracy theories. Um, I only brought this up because I wanted to kind of dive into one. Um, so I did some research, my sources, Wikipedia, <laughs> Reddit, Reddit, the, all the History Reddit. Channel. Oh, good. Watch the History the Channel. The fucking History Channel. Oh, shit. Dude. And there's actually, I'll get into it later, but there's a lot of stuff on like Netflix and stuff that oh, has cool. to do with MKUltra. Okay. So MKUltra, kind of around the same time. Um, it began right around the height of the Cold War. That was in like the 50s and the 60s. Um, a little background on the Cold War, if you're like me and you don't really know much about fucking American history. <laughs> it was basically like tension between the Soviet Union and the United States after World War II. It was kind of like a a 40-year rivalry Jesus. on who was like the most powerful country. Like, <sighs> like there was no physical war yeah. that happened with the Cold War. It was basically the two countries and they just started advancing their atomic weaponry yeah and it was basically like advancing it putting all of this funding in it and basically saying like we're not gonna use it yeah just in case though okay (laughs) just in case so mk ultra kind of began right around this time and there is so much stuff on mk ultra that this took me a really long time to do because i had to condense it okay so, because of everything going on with the Cold War and the Soviet Union, the United States government feared that Soviet, Chinese, and North Korean agents were using mind control oh, shit. to brainwash U.S. prisoners of war in Korea, hence the start of MKUltra. We'll get into that. Um, so, the U.S. had been tipped off around this time, actually a little bit earlier. Um, the U.S. had been tipped off to a series of clinical trials happening in Switzerland. Oh, if you know shoot. what drug kind of, like, You're right. <laughs> started in You're Switzerland. Right. Um, Switzerland. <laughs> and that was in 49. Um, if you want to look more into it, I honestly probably should have put it in because it is kind of important. Um, it's called Project Bluebird. You can look into that and tell me what you think. It's okay. fucking nuts. Okay, so once the U.S. kind of, like, got tipped off that they were supposedly like other countries were supposedly starting to use like a psychochemical type of weapon yeah that that's kind of what kick-started this whole situation um and so basically the government mainly the cia we're dealing with the cia oh great yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're just as fucking i corrupt. love them <laughs> so this pretty much they presented this to President Truman at the time and was like, look, this is the beginning of a psychochemical warfare. Yeah. You know, like, it has gone past, like, atomic weaponry. And so they proposed MK Ultra. They proposed it to President Truman, and he proved it. Okay. Fucking Truman. Crazy. So, MK Ultra. The project began April 13th, 1953, and was headed by American chemist and fucking spy master. How sick is that? How sick? Sick. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this guy's just an an idiot. (laughs) Um, His name is Sidney Gottlieb, and he joined the CIA as a poison expert. Oh, Jesus. This is the man that's heading MKUltra. And also, I just want to say every time I look at MKUltra, 
I want to say McUltra. McUltra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I feel you. Yeah. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so. Oh. That burned my nose. So we're going to get into, I guess, Project MK Ultra. We're going to get into the experiments. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so MK Ultra kind of. It's kind of a combination of a bunch of different experiments that were performed on human subjects. Most of the time, they didn't know. The human subjects did not know that they were being part of an experiment. Oh my goodness. Um, A lot of these tests were conducted at universities, hospitals, or prisons. um, And most of the tests took place between 1953 and 1964. But it is not clear how many people were involved in the tests. Oh my fucking god. I know. So they were just testing on random ass people and not like keeping any kind of collection of it. Dude. And if that's not bad enough, it's just gonna get worse. Okay, so the experiments included administration of drugs, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, verbal abuse, and other forms of psychological torture on human subjects. The CIA. The CIA. (laughs) Let me let me just reiterate that the CIA is responsible this project oh my fucking god okay so when i was looking this shit up dude i just could not i couldn't believe it um one 1955 mk ultra document because this is a government program obviously there's documentation we'll get into that as well (laughs) whenever you are fucking ready okay guys um we had a little bit of a conspiracy <laughs> difficulty. <laughs> we had a conspiracy with Anchor where they decided to um, cut off the podcast at sixty fucking minutes. Yes, so we're back <laughs> and we're going over information that we've already said, but it wasn't yes, recorded. But we're gonna pretend that we're not, and we're gonna pretend that this is new information. Right, right. So <laughs> let me erase my memory like yes. they did in MKL or whatever. Right, the wait, fuck. wait, wait, wait. Remember, you don't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. All right, just kidding. Okay. Let me take seven tabs of acid really quick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, we're going to talk about... It refers to the study of an assortment of mind-altering substances described as followed. So, basically, this was what MKUltra kind of wanted to accomplish an experiment with. Um, I just picked my top five. If you go on Wikipedia... There's, I think, like, 15 different documented things. And this is from a real document. Okay, guys? This is... It's real. Public information. Public information. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the first one, they wanted to experiment with materials which will promote the intoxicating effect of alcohol. Um, Substances which will enhance the ability of individuals to withstand privation torture and coercion during interrogation and so-called quote brainwashing brainwashing end quote yeah (laughs) end quote (laughs) um materials and physical methods which will produce amnesia for events preceding and during their use um substances which will produce physical disablement such as paralysis of the legs acute anemia etc Number five is coming in at my favorite. (laughs) Coming in hot. Coming in hot at number five with a knockout pill, which can be administered in drinks, food, cigarettes, 
as an aerosol etc secretively so obviously they want to make sure that it can be kind of like under wraps Mm -hmm. when it's administered um which will be safe to use provide a maximum of amnesia and be suitable for use by agent types on an ad hoc basis (laughs) so roofies yeah fucking government strength roofies oh my god bro imagine the government roofing you I can't. <laughs> I'd probably die. <laughs> well, here's your coffee, but oh, here's some roofie on the side. <laughs> right, right. Oh my god. What is a roofie? Like, what is it? Is it like a... Let's look it up. Yeah. Um, Alexa? Um, computer that doesn't have Alexa? Yeah. <laughs> what is a simp? <laughs> what, what is, is a Karen? What is <laughs> What roofie definition? Urban dictionary. Urban dictionary. Let's fucking see urban. I've always been curious. It has to be some kind of like Rafinol, a sedative that was made mm. in the early 1970s. Lies. And was used in hospitals only for deep sedation. It is now a fairly infamous date rape drug. Oh. <laughs> Has all that's not funny, guys. Okay. Yeah. So roofie is just a like, like a dissolvable pill. I guess so. That's it what it sounds says, like. A yeah. sedative. It's short for whatever that word was yeah <laughs> is roofie a pill let's look at images yeah what is roofie Ooh. okay so it's okay, yeah. like a pill that looks like it just dissolves mm-hmm. yeah this is it it looks like it comes in different how forms. do you get roofies do you have to be prescribed well it says it's a sedative like who would give you i guess maybe if it's like a sleeping yeah maybe if you're not sleeping well so i'm sure people probably get prescribed them and then just you know sell them like they do everything else right we love our plugs (laughs) yeah we love that thank you plugs right thank you so much (laughs) literally um okay so yeah those were just five examples of what they were trying to kind of accomplish with mk ultra and innocent test subjects so we'll get into mk ultra's drug of choice lsd oh, oh fucking fire <laughs> lsd lsd lucy the festival drug yes um okay so lsd was the main drug for most of the experiments under mk ultra Um, At first, they were only administering LSD to drug addicts, sex workers, and mental patients. Mental patients. Mental patients. Okay, that's that's a great thing that you guys are doing there. Yeah. What a great Also, imagine being a sex worker and just, you know, trying to provide, trying to, you know, get your money, and you're just, boom, you're drugged. LSD. That is probably the worst drug to take if you don't know that you're 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 taking a drug yeah i know 100 percent. anybody that's ever had a form of lsd knows that like you wouldn't want to just randomly be like tripping out of nowhere right. off like, of lsd oh my coffee is lsd right hell yeah let's fucking do it why am i happy right now <laughs> yeah. yeah no oh my god dude i just i remember well <laughs> <laughs> i know that if you're gonna take lsd you it's something that you have to plan yeah like, you, have you have to be in the right sure mindset you're, you're in the right mindset you're with the right people you're in the right environment right it's, it's not, not something so, that you just do randomly right at right. all like exactly. it's not it's not like weed where you can just smoke a blunt and be cool you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying it's like you literally have to plan your whole day around it not to mention if you don't know this an lsd trip typically lasts eight to twelve hours yeah eight to twelve hours of tripping 
with the peak coming in hot. Right. <laughs> right around hour two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hour two to five, you're probably hour peaking. Hour two to five, <laughs> you are vibing. You're straight vibing. <laughs> five to nine, you're coming down, but you're right. still vibing. <laughs> right. You're mentally, you're vibing. <laughs> But not, you're not vibing if you're being fucking drugged. Like you're like, what is going on? Why do my fingers look ten inches long? I'm yeah. So not vibing. Right <laughs> this is not the fucking wave. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. So at first they only started with drug addicts, sex workers. Um, an example. Uh, they would find heroin addicts. Um, and they would bribe the heroin addicts into taking LSD with more heroin. What assholes? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, like, like, you're literally using a drug addict's addiction against them, is what you're doing. That's what I'm saying. And honestly, I'm not excusing this in any way, but I'd be like, fuck heroin. Try this. <laughs> yeah, right. Take some LSD, <laughs> buddy. Here you go. This. See the walls. You'll breathe never... in and out. <laughs> yeah. And have you ever heard of those stories where it's like, oh, I took LSD and I, like, was able to quit smoking? Yeah. Like, imagine the good that you could have done. Right, right, with that. <laughs> if you knew. Right. If you knew. But no, it's like, ooh, take this LSD and here's a, a little a little goodie baggie for you if you're done. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, if you complete it, here's some heroin. Like, that's fucked. Ugh. Okay, so... We actually have a quote from one of the documents that was uncovered, and this quote comes from one of the CIA agents that were that was assigned to the case. Um, so they were administering the drug to quote people who could not fight back. Wow, that's wow, yeah. I'm glad that they made that a quote. You, right. you little assholes. Right. They're like, oh, don't you worry. Like, we're just, I mean, they're already drug addicts. You yeah. Know? Like, why does it matter? Right. You You're know? already. It's not like they're human. You're already tweaking out, Sally. Take a little right. 10 tabs of LSD. <laughs> <laughs> a little electro shock. Right. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, once they kind of started experimenting with LSD on these types of people, they moved into other groups of people. Such as? Such as other CIA employees. <laughs> um, obviously extremely unethical going into your 9 to 5 with your morning cup of joe and it being spiked with fucking LSD. Bro, could you imagine going to work, right? You work at 9, you walk into Starbucks at 845, you're just trying to grab a fucking venti white chocolate mocha to get your day started. You get it, you sip it. 30 minutes later, you're looking at your computer as it's fucking breathing and you're, you're like... sweating bullets. <laughs> right, you're like, why is there a goblin in the corner? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a story, if you look into it, there was a story of a former CIA employee getting drugs or roofied, whatever you want to call it. I guess it's not a roofie if it's LSD. Yeah, right. Unknowingly being drugged with LSD and stripping down completely naked in his workplace and running outside and screaming at every car that drove by <laughs> what is because this? he thought there were monsters this inside. The fucking Green Mile. <laughs> and it's just a, a Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. <laughs> cubicle <laughs> you're looking at your computer like what the fuck <laughs> this isn't my document yeah this is powder what Girls. is a fucking document yeah. <laughs> document that word is so weird, so weird. Yeah. am i a document <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, okay, yeah. So then it moved on to CIA employees. It moved on to military doctors, um, other government agents, and eventually the general public. Bro, could you imagine <laughs> being a fucking military doctor and uh, you're like taking somebody's fucking pulse and you're like, oh my god, you're, you're fresh. <laughs> Why is your skin moving? <laughs> you're fresh out of Vietnam. Like you've seen it too much. Yeah, you're done at this point. You're like fucking done. You're clocked out. Yes, and you're just taking someone's vitals. So yeah, it just your world gets flipped. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. God, we're laughing because it's baffling. Yeah, like, we're laughing really because is. if this was to happen to us, that would be fucking terrifying. And if like, you've ever done LSD, you know how fucking crazy this is. Bro, like, it's insane. If I walked into work and the people I nanny for spiked my coffee with LSD, and then like an hour <laughs> later I was taking care of the kids and like just started tripping balls, I'd be like, you little fucking alien. Like, <laughs> and let's not forget that if you were to do this, you would go to prison. Yeah. A hundred. Even now. <laughs> you would get charges pressed against you. And Felony. you would go to prison. Mm-hmm. And the government, the CIA is doing this. Yeah. To people who have no idea. No idea what's going on. I know back in like the early 50s, maybe early 40s. Um, don't quote me on this, guys. You'll have to look this up. But acid was actually legal. Like they would use it mm-hmm. to treat depression and anxiety. So it's yeah. such a turnaround for them using it to treat anxiety and depression to... Hey, let me just cause torture you really quick. Right, yeah. Right. And then I think I haven't really looked into it, but there is that that um experiment where they gave the elephant the lethal dose of LSD mm-hmm. and just crazy. Like th- they did not know enough about LSD to just be doing this yeah, to random people. 100%. And you shouldn't do this nowadays with all of the knowledge that we have on LSD. You would not ever do this. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Okay, so yep, they moved on to pretty much, if you were an American in the 50s or the 60s, you probably had a great chance of being roofied by the CIA. You were probably feeling wavy at some point right. in the 50s. Yeah. You had one work day, you can't really remember what happened. <laughs> you were spiked. You clocked in, you clocked out, and that's all. <laughs> um, okay, so as we were saying, obviously most of the subjects had no idea that they were being tested on. Um, but there were some subjects, of course, that were willing to go ahead and participate in the experiment. And a lot of the times, if they knew what was happening, the experiments were often more extreme. Um, one example I found, um, there were seven subjects, seven willing subjects in Kentucky. Um, and they were administered LSD for 77 consecutive days. Bro. 70? 77 consecutive days. That's over two months of taking LSD every single day. And you guys, like, for anybody that knows about LSD, you know that, like, you have to double up to feel the effects. So, like, if you take it one day and you want to take it the next day, you have to take twice as much as you took the first day to feel any effects. Right. And also, I just want to know, like, I want to see before and after pictures yeah. of what they looked like before they took 77 yeah. consecutive days of LSD because it's said <laughs> that it's really hard to eat while you're tripping and you have to understand that this is 12 hours out of your day. Yeah. That you're tripping and a lot of the times people don't eat. Like food is not appealing on acid. Yeah. Um so I'm just curious. Like, I want to know what they looked like. Do we have pictures? Let's see. That guy looks like he's ready to go. 
this lady looks like she doesn't know what the fuck is going oh on. Oh my god, that's Eleven from Stranger Things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, that's what that's fuck based yeah. off of, too, so. Right. Right. Why is Cardi B in here? Probably because she does it. Probably. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Though That definitely looks like, um, ew, what the f- What, Canada? Wait, have <laughs> we gotten- Oh, we're about to get into Canada. It's so crazy. Charles I Manson? They had to have been- Oh, you know he was on some LA. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 77 consecutive days. Um, and again, if it were 2020 and this were happening, obviously there would be no willing... Actually, I take that back. Nothing surprises me. No. But 77 days. Like, God, that just, that's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Okay, so one of the most famous, like, operations that kind of had to do with LSD and MKUltra was Operation Midnight Climax. Mm, Led by Sidney Gottlieb. She kind of mentioned him a little bit. He's heading this whole spy master Gottlieb. <laughs> Poison expert, Sidney Gottlieb. Asshole, um, Sidney Gottlieb. Right. He's he's a nut. Okay, so basically Operation Midnight Climax. Um, the CIA would have all of these safe houses, which sounds so CIA. Does that not sound no, so No, it does. A hundred percent. Safe houses. Like, you know, if you're in a big city anywhere, there is probably a, dozens of safe houses Yeah, a hundred percent. So they had a bunch of them in San Francisco, um, and they decided that they were going to set up brothels. If you don't know what a brothel is, it's kind of just like a hub for sex workers. I don't like to use the term prostitute. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just like a, like a hub, like a, you know... You could look it up. Come get a lap dance. Right. Um, so the brothels had one-way mirrors so the CIA agents could observe and record what was going on. They would put ads out. I actually don't know how they lured men in, but I I can totally understand that it's not hard. Right. <laughs> Come get a booty dance. Right. Um, so they would lure men in, and the sex workers would then dose the men who would come to these brothels with LSD. They had no idea. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, after observing these men, um, once they kind of started feeling the effects of the LSD, some of them would be ripped out from whatever they were doing, and they would be brought into a room, and they would be interrogated under bright lights. Jeez. Just like picture like a typical interrogation. Um, and they would be told that their trips would be extended if they didn't start spilling and giving up all of their secrets oh my gosh i can't even imagine being like tripping balls first of all being interrogated in general because you can't even speak on lsd like your words are kind of like when you're drunk like they slur together so it's Mm -hmm. like imagine them trying to talk to you and you're already fucked up and then they're like hey we're gonna make this 10 times worse if you don't start talking and you're like what the fuck do you want me to say like (laughs) i I just came here for a fucking laugh right i just wanted some butt in my face like (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's just so crazy. It's just so crazy. I cannot imagine how traumatized these men were. Yeah. Or, like, how their lives were changed after that forever. 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 That doesn't go away. Okay. So, MKUltra is picking up speed in the United States. They're doing Operation Midnight Climax. They're doing other, you know, experiments. Um, it makes its way to Canada. Oh. We do bring the shit to another country. Oh, nice. 
Yes. Canadians. <laughs> so we're in Canada now. They're too nice to say no to being drunk. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 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 Bring it in. Yeah. <laughs> So, the CIA recruits Scottish psychiatrist Donald Cameron. We'll just call him Cameron from now on. Um, And Donald Cameron is the creator of psychic driving or the psychic driving concept. Um, This concept is basically putting patients or subjects into a drug-induced coma for extended amounts of time. Oh, my gosh. Um, one example was three months of being in a drug-induced coma. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then while you're in this um, coma, a lot of the times people say that they can kind of hear what's going on. They just can't move or wake up. Mm-hmm. They're they fully coherent, and they understand what's happening. Um, and I'm assuming he somehow managed to kind of get them in that state, and he would play noises or simple repetitive phrases intended to alter the patient's behavior once they woke up oh my gosh so yeah it's just like you you're in a coma for three months that's a long ass fucking time to be in a coma you're coherent in some way shape or form but all you hear is you have to kill the president You, you have to kill the president you have to kill the president you have to kill the president and then boom one day you're snapped out of the coma and they're like, what are you going to do? Kill the fucking president. I have to kill the president. Yeah. Like, this is what I have to do. That's what I've heard every day for three months. Right. So that was um, the psychic driving concept that Cameron kind of created and experimented with. Um, okay, so over the course of seven years, Cameron was paid $69,000 or $600,000 now to carry out MK Ultra experiments in mm. Canada. He's balling. Yeah. He's balling out just to and torture he's people. He's just torturing people. Yeah. Um, so Cameron te- teamed up with the CIA and started a round of experiments on subjects that involved something called depatterning. Um, this depatterning involved the use of electroconvulsive therapy. Mm. So electroshock therapy mm-hmm. at extremely high levels that were not recommended whatsoever. <laughs> Please don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> combined with an equally high level of LSD to break down the subject's personality. So they were literally just tripping balls. They, yes. And, I mean, I could imagine. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine how scarring that is and yeah. traumatizing that is. And for the rest of your life, like, I just, whew, unknowingly. I know. And I'm serious, guys. This is just, like, a very condensed version of MK Ultra. This went on for a really long time, and there's so much, like, evidence, and there's so much that I I didn't put in here that you guys can go look at, and it's probably just even more disturbing than what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, so they would do the electroshock therapy, and then they would combine it with a really high dose of LSD, and it would kind of obviously break down the subject's personality. It's kind of like if you've ever heard of an ego death, if you've tripped you've had a bad trip and it's humbling to say the least Mm -hmm. that's kind of i think what they were trying to get to and then once they did that combo they would then conduct the psychic driving portion of the experiment so then they would bring in his experiment Mm -hmm. along with the lsd um so basically they were just trying to take a human and they were trying to just wipe their brain yeah like completely break them break them they have no idea who they are they've gone through 
traumatic events. They probably don't even know what's reality and what's not. It's pretty much just a clean slate for the ego and the personality. And it should be noted that this took place in a mental institution. And the experiments were carried out on subjects who entered the institution for minor disorders like mm. anxiety and postpartum depression. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine like going in somewhere like just needing help, you know, like I'm so anxious or like so mm. depressed that I just need a way out of this and then they fucking yeah. drug you and then you really don't know what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on. You're like, is this even real? You know real? what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of, I haven't really even seen this full series, so I may be wrong, but it gives me like american horror story asylum vibes yeah no definitely you know? i agree yeah it's just fucked like, yeah fucked all the way around that's like you going in, like me going in for my like monday therapy session and then i come out after 10 tabs of lsd and shocked to my brain yeah and like how do you function how do yeah. you do anything really it's just it's fucked it's unfortunate <laughs> it's so sad um, okay, so a lot of the times after they were done, um, the treatment resulted in amnesia. If you don't know what amnesia is, it's just like you you just have forgotten pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, you would forget how to walk. People would be forgetting their parents, mm. or they would start to think that the interrogators were their parents. Oh my gosh! And this went on for seven years. He was getting paid a six-figure salary for seven years to literally. People take people out of their own reality more than half a million dollars yeah that's not even the worst part okay so the worst part about cameron is he ended up becoming the first ever chairman of the world psychiatric association Mm. as well as the president of the american and canadian psychiatric associations so he was literally in charge of two countries Mm -hmm. psychiatric boards like what the fuck and you're not you're not helping his hands you're not helping anybody's mental health you're torturing them and literally Mm -hmm. making them think that they don't exist as people like corrupt it's corrupt Mm. (laughs) and these experiments were later duplicated in england and patients were also experimented on without consent oh in gosh. England. In so, so this is a countries. whole fucking worldwide affair at this point. Yeah. And remember, the reason why they started MKUltra is because look into Project Bluebird. It's kind of what lit a fire under America's ass, if you will, when it comes to like experimenting with psychedelics. Look into that. So it is pretty much a whole worldwide affair at this point, allegedly. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go back to Gottlieb, and we're pretty much going to wrap it up here with the aftermath of MKUltra. So, after his retirement in 1972, Mm. 20 years of this, Gottlieb dismissed his entire effort for the CIA's MKUltra program as useless. Oh my gosh. So for 20 years, it was useless, but you just kept fucking doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. And after destroying people's lives for 20 years, you're like, ah, eh, you know, LSD is too unpredictable. Yeah. Like, let's just... It was useless. We could have right. just not did the whole right. thing. Let's scrap it. Like, yeah. We're done. Ugh. Um, so the CIA insists that MK Ultra type experiments have been abandoned since then. Although Canadian investigative journalist Elizabeth Nixon, whose mother had been a subject, mm-hmm. 
claims that they continue today under a different set of acronyms. I 100% believe it. Right. I believe it now more than ever. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's 2020. You think that they're not experimenting <laughs> on people? You're fucking That's crazy. Like, <laughs> Especially after this year. Like, yeah. You literally could not tell me something that I would be surprised by at right. this point. You could tell me anything and I'd anything. believe it. Mm-hmm. would be like, yeah. Sounds about right. That, that probably happened. Mm-hmm. So in 1973, exactly 20 years after MK Ultra experiments were carried out, CIA director Richard Helms ordered all MK Ultra files to be destroyed. So why? This is why I was when we were talking about um, MLK and how they kind of they like put out an order for the Records Collection Act for the Records Collection Act, and it didn't it didn't get approved. We're about to get into that. But yeah, they were able to just pretty much destroy all of these files. But, of course, in true U.S. government fashion, they fuck up. Oh, of course. Um, and they had accidentally stored about 20,000 documents mm. in a financial records building on accident. Oh. Mm-hmm. And these documents were discovered in 1977 after a Freedom of Information Act request worked. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they were able to get the documents yeah. in this case. It's unfortunate that they couldn't for MLK. the assassination of a black man. But right, right. But for drugging people, sure. <laughs> let's go ahead and right. fucking hand it over. Fuck a right. murder. Right. Um, so that's basically how this conspiracy theory was confirmed this is true this actually fucking happened Happened, which is crazy yeah it's so crazy um and then in 74 like times came out with an article that also outed most of this stuff once the documents were kind of like uncovered or somewhere or you know they kind of got information here and there from the old cia agents who knows so yeah, that's that is the history of MK Ultra. Wow. Um, I do have some pop culture references. Oh shit, let's hear them. To MK Ultra. So obviously, as we saw in the Google image, there is a reference to MK Ultra and Stranger Things. Um, the evil doctor, Doctor Brenner, was said to be involved with MK Ultra and Eleven's mom. I don't know if you remember Eleven's mom, but she's like the one who was like completely just incoherent yeah yeah and like she would just keep repeating things like yeah rainbow three yeah 444 you know what i mean yeah that's so like the psychic driving portion where it's just like electroshock therapy she's being told like something over Over and over over again again. yeah so yeah that kind of people think that that kind of has a reference to mk ultra um netflix original series manhunt unabomber Mm -hmm. you know the unabomber yeah um, so the Unabomber portrays the psychological torture of a 16-year-old Harvard student by MK Ultra mm. researchers. Um, look up the Unabomber if you don't really know who that is. He ended up being responsible for serial bombings over a 17-year period. Because mm. he was being told. Right, and like, this is after. This is yeah. after the torture that he went through as a yeah. Harvard student. So you're having PTSD, though. Like, right. and you're just stuck in that mindset. Or you just snapped. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's said that the beginning of uh, the beginning scene of Pineapple Express references MK Ultra. I don't know if you've ever seen Pineapple Express. I have, Express. for sure, yeah. But that um, scene with Bill Hader in black and white where he's being, like, interrogated yeah. and he has, like, the joint in his hand. Yeah. Um, wow. The very beginning. Yes. Uh, the author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was an MK Ultra test subject. Wow. I know. Fucking nuts. Wow. And finally, in the early 2000s, 
the first place winner for the Indica category at the High Times Cannabis Cup was MK Ultra. So there's a strain. Yeah, MK, MK Ultra. Ultra. Wow. What so, the fuck? Crazy shit. Wow. I can't believe that the government. I mean, I can believe it, but you know what I mean. You know like, what? I can't believe. I mean, it is. Here's the thing. It's just one of those situations where. You can't believe it, but you can. Yeah. It's just sad that it happened. It's just like, I can't believe you guys would actually do this kind of right. thing. Like, like as, as a good human being, and you don't even have to necessarily be an amazing human being. Yeah. Just a normal person would know that this is not okay. Yeah. And you should never and do this. that our government and the CIA pretty much headed this whole thing is just nuts it's so crazy and again there's just so much that i didn't put in but look it up if you have months to spare yeah months to spare no i mean but it definitely is crazy that like you're essentially like torturing people and Mm -hmm. it's our government in charge of it like you are signing off on that and you're Mm -hmm. saying like you know what fuck gabby let's just drug her it doesn't matter all she does is work at an office she's just a number right so let's just test her out let's see if we can get her to break and let's Mm -hmm. see what we can give get her to tell us information right it's very selfish it's just what can we get out of this what can we get out of like you guys i i could maybe try and get behind it if they were doing this to like serial killers you know what i'm saying or like people that had actually committed some kind of crime of some sort but you're you're getting the local bartender right drugging you're getting the postman right you're getting your intern at the cia exactly somebody who came to the brothel on a friday night just to have three or four drinks and fucking get some ass in his face Mm -hmm. you're drugging him like interrogating him wow it's crazy and it's it's this was so long ago and it's so crazy to think that i really feel like currently we are going backwards like we could we could get if this isn't already going on and i'm sure it is there's some kind of human experimentation going on if i go missing yeah (laughs) right after this podcast episode you know it's probably the government um all this corruption is being freely allowed to happen in front of our faces. What do you think is happening where we don't have any idea? Like, because mm-hmm. they didn't want this to get out, obviously. No. They tried to erase the documents, and right. then in 77, when they were found in the finance department, they were right. like, oh, fuck. Now everybody's going to know. Right. What do we do now? And then they had to have some sort of cover up again. So it's like, <sighs> that's our government. <sighs> we love, love, love cover ups, the government. We love right. you guys for them. You do yeah, them you guys so are just well. The- fucking best <laughs> <laughs> you're the fucking best i'm so glad i'm an american uh, truly honored to be a fucking american i know dude well you guys thank you for tuning in to our conspiracy episode we hope that you enjoyed the mlk and mk ultra those are pretty similar <laughs> names actually um we hope you guys enjoyed those conspiracies as we both did mention there's tons of information online like way more than we provided you guys with that you're able to find on wikipedia different articles all kinds of different websites so Mm -hmm. please if you're interested go look up that information um yeah i promise you there's a lot more than they're giving you so we really appreciate you guys being here today and listening and of course we want to thank gabby for joining along with us on her saturday yeah of course 
Yeah, I mean, anytime Hannah's out of town, Gabby will probably be her fill-in. So um, get used to her voice and... <laughs> get used to it. <laughs> get used to her not liking murder and probably doing I Survives. Right. Yeah. yeah, if I'm just... I'm probably going to be crying yeah, the whole time. Story. <gasps> oh my god, he fucking died. He fucking killed her. <laughs> She's fucking dead, Miss uh, Keisha. <laughs> all jokes aside, I actually really do have fun doing this. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you were here. It definitely is fun. Like, mm-hmm. it's really, like... I feel like when people think about podcast and like when I, I've asked a couple people to do it and they get like super nervous and I'm mm-hmm. like, it's really just a conversation. Like, you it know, really I'm telling you about something in history and you're mm-hmm. telling me and it's, that's all it is. So definitely, it's definitely fun. Interesting stuff. Interesting right. stuff, guys. Well guys, thank you again for being here today for the conspiracy episode. Um, please subscribe to our Instagram page at Susset. Please subscribe to our (laughs) Instagram page at Suspect Podcast. And please, if you have any case recommendations or any personal stories of your own, any hometown murders, send those to our email at suspectpodcast1 at gmail.com. And we'll definitely read them on here. You guys are also able to click on the link in our episode notes description um, to send us a voice memo if you'd rather us just play your voice memo. And please check out our Patreon link also in our description link. Any donations to help enhance our podcast are greatly appreciated. We really appreciate you guys for being here today. And until next week, um, I don't know. Don't don't fucking kill anyone, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Don't trust the government. Don't trust the government and don't kill anyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.